Good evening, high school football fans. This is High School Football America for February 2nd, 2017. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Coming to you from New York City this week. Last week, we were in Dallas, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for the uh, couple of micro-clinics that we're doing with the crossover that we're going to be talking about here in the uh, coming weeks. Some exciting stuff as we partner with uh, Crossover, our great partners for the last couple of years. Uh, get your game film broken down by Crossover. They do it better than anybody. They created the system, and you can get a free demo by going to crossover with a K.com forward slash HSFA or just click through our banner ad at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Well, what a day it was yesterday. Kind of uh, Christmas and New Year rolled all into one for uh, high school football at least as it was National Signing Day, uh, class of 2017, putting the uh, the pens to the paper and making it official, although there's a lot of early enrollees out there. But uh, uh, just congratulations to all the student-athletes that were able to uh, make their dream come true to play at the next level. And uh, on the show tonight, we're going to talk with uh, Brandon Huffman, uh, National Director of Recruiting for Scout.com, about uh, yesterday and how exciting it was. He'll also give us a little bit of a sneak peek forward at uh, what the class of 2018, or at least what goes into it, uh, into the building of the uh, the national recruiting rankings. So uh, that'll be coming up on the show. Also on the show, we're going to talk with our 2017 NHSCA High School Football America National Coach of the Year, Bruce Rollinson from Modern Day High School in Santa Ana in uh, California. What a career that uh, Coach Rollinson has had, and uh, he sent uh, a lot of guys to the next level. He's been uh, part of uh, National Signing Days, and uh, this past year was a great year for Modern Day, finishing number 14 in the High School Football America uh, Top 25. They've got uh, 10 of 11. Uh, offensive starters coming back, including their super sophomore quarterback, JT Daniels, who uh, already in two years has 100 touchdown passes. What a kid. And he's got two more years to go. And Bruce Rollinson has just put together quite a body of work during his time at Modern Day. He began there as a student athlete and now has uh, built the uh, Monarchs into one of those uh, top programs. And the other thing that Bruce has really done is he's, he's changed his ways. He had a, a little bit of a dip there a couple of years ago, but he's going to talk on the show tonight about uh, kind of reinventing himself. And uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Bruce Rollinson 2.0, I guess, is the best way to uh, put it. And we're just proud to have him as the uh, National Coach of the Year. Uh, a lot goes into the, uh, the picking of that. The, the NHSCA has been giving out Coaches of the Year awards in, in 20 boys and girls sports since 2000. Uh, we are partners with the National High School Coaches Association. I'm the head of the nominating committee. And we had uh, about 30 really, really strong candidates this year for National Coach of the Year. Certainly, uh, the award is based on what what happens in the year gone by, but it's also a look at the body of work. And uh, Bruce Rollinson has put together quite an impressive body of work during his time at um, at Modern Day in Santa Ana. So again, Bruce uh, Brandon Huffman coming up along with Bruce uh, Rollinson here on the show tonight. Want to bring in all of our partners. Uh, we talked about Crossover and uh, uh, some of our other partners that make this show possible. Uh, Southern Sport, the good folks at Southern Sport, uh, giving you the uh, TDI Razor players. You know how pesky those rubber pellets can be when you're out there on field turf. Well, the TDI Razor keeps those pesky rubber pellets 
out of your shoes, and it gives you that great look of spatting without the high cost of tape. 20 great colors. You can get the logo built on it. This is a great product, American-made. It's TDI Razor, the debris inhibitor razor, and razor is spelled with a U. You can go to the website at tdirazor.com. Check out all the colors, all the things that you can get to put on them. They're great. You'll love them. They're durable. They'll last all year long, and we'll give you a discount if you use the special code HSFA on your order. Also brought to you tonight by our good friends at Echo 1612. Echo, the creators of Instant Replay on high school football sidelines. Yeah, these guys are being followed because they came up with the product first. Eight seconds after the play is finished, boom, there you have it, making tomorrow's adjustments today. You know kids these days, it's you know show and tell, baby. <laughs> you used to tell them, now you can show them, and what a difference it makes. It gives you a competitive edge, just like Crossover gives you a competitive edge with its new Insights program that uh, gives you all the tendencies. We were uh, showing this down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to the top programs down there. They're loving it. You know, coaches, you know how much time it takes to break down game film. They do it for you, saving you, I don't know, five hours a week maybe, you know, depending on how many films that you're breaking down. They do it for you, and it's accurate. It's concise. Jason Strunk, our good friend who writes the turnaround blog uh, at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com, has used Crossover. He estimates that, you know, it saves 50 hours a per season, just during the regular season. And uh, when you kind of put manpower dollars to that, it saves, he feels, the the program, you know, $10,000. And it lets coaches do what they do best, which is coach. So check them out at echo1612.com. All of our partners can be accessed by uh, just going to highschoolfootballamerica.com and clicking on the banner ad. And we also want to uh, bring in ScoreStream. They give us the live scoreboards throughout the season. Uh, state by state, our top 25 scoreboard they do it. It's a great app that you can take to the game. It's not just for football, though, folks. So you can go out in your soccer match that you're at or a baseball game, and you can uh, uh, let everybody know how your team's doing. You can post scores and not only that, videos and photos. It's really cool. You can get it at uh, Google Play or in the iTunes store. You can check them out at Scorestream. And our uh, final partner, our good friends at uh, USA Today High School Sports. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Not only do we do uh, football with them here from Southern California, but we also provide them uh, through the NHSCA with the uh, top 25, super 25, if you will, high school wrestling rankings, which come out every Wednesday. So uh, those are all of our partners, great partners, and make this show possible each and every week. We're here in New York City. We're going to talk about this in the coming weeks, but uh, uh, signed a deal to uh, to write uh, a couple of books about high school football. So that's why we're here in New York City, among other reasons. Uh, have a couple of clients on CNBC, but uh, you know, very excited about this football book that we'll be able to tell you about here in the coming weeks. It's uh, I don't think there's anything out there like this. As a matter of fact, I know there's nothing out there like this, and I think uh, all of you football fans across the country are going to uh, really love it once you hear what it's all about. All right, we're going to take our first break here from all of our uh, partners. And when we come back, we're going to talk with Brandon Huffman, the National uh, Director of Recruiting for Scout.com. Going to talk about Signing Day 2017. That and more. You're listening to High School Football America.
Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can 
can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. Well, as we mentioned at the top of the show, yesterday was uh, kind of the, uh, the, I think maybe Christmas of uh, high school football as a great day for uh, not only the student-athletes, their parents, the extended family, which is the coaches, and obviously the school, National Letter of Intent Signing Day, and a, a gentleman who uh, worked his, his fingers and his, and his voice to the bone yesterday, making it all special for people, National Director of Recruiting for Scout, scout.com, scoutfootball.com. Brandon Huffman is on the line to talk about what a great day it was was and break it down for us. He's getting up early as I tape this. I'm in New York. He's in Washington, and I appreciate getting up early because I know it was a busy day yesterday. Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes, long day yesterday, but always a very uh, fulfilling day when it's over because for not just for us in our industry, for these kids have been under so much pressure over the last couple weeks especially, but uh, the culmination of remarkable high school careers and uh, what they hope is going to be just a remarkable college career. So it's a fun day. It's a long day. It's a draining day, but it's really what we do this for. What goes into everything that culminates uh, yesterday and now, of course, starts looking forward to uh, class of 2018? You know, for a lot of these kids, we will start seeing them when they're freshmen or sophomore in high school as you just start tracking. And now that you see more and more recruits being offered earlier in their career, you're tracking them much earlier in their career. I was doing a, a show last night and we were talking about, you know, how Tate Martell is already at Ohio state, but we remember him five summers ago committing to Washington when he was going into eighth grade. For so, so for some of these kids, you've tracked them for five years, but we've seen them at numerous camps and all American games and showcases and Friday nights at games and just various different events over the years. Some of these times we've seen these kids play 15, 20 times in their career by the time they go from start to finish. So you're tracking really almost everything that they do from a recruiting standpoint, where they're visiting unofficially, where they're visiting officially, who they're being offered by, who they're focusing on, who they're eventually committing to, what kind of player are they, how do they fit in with the current system. So it's this long process for a lot of guys, and that's partly because there's an acceleration of recruits being recruited nowadays. Yeah, Brandon Huffman on the line. He is the uh, National Director of Scouting for Scout.com and uh, talking about uh, yesterday National Signing Day. And how, how, you know, and before we dive into it again, I think there's just because I have you on here, I want to kind of set the tone for our listeners who've never really maybe heard about this and how it all works and how you guys pull it together. How has your business evolved over the years since you've been around? I don't want to make you sound like an old guy, but you've been around it a while. Yeah, I'll be starting my 15th recruiting class today, in fact. Yesterday was my 14th signing day with Scout. The, the, really, the evolution has come probably in the last five years. You know, it, with the uh, advance of social media, the recruit has really taken control of the message. And, you know, frankly, while 
people in our industry don't like that. I think more power to them. It's their recruitment. It's their uh, it's their future. You know, why shouldn't they be allowed to name their top fives? Why shouldn't you know? Why do people get mad when a kid tweets about his offer? Nobody has to follow the kid. They're they're getting mad when a kid tweets an offer, but it's hey, he's excited about it. He's mm-hmm. tweeting that news, and kids are really taking control of the message. Because now, the old days, we would get a text from them. Hey, I was just offered by Arizona. I was just offered by Cal. I was just offered by Texas. You would get that message, and then we would disseminate the information. We'd put it on their profile. We'd tweet it out. We'd put a story out. Now, they're tweeting all of their offers. They're tweeting where they're visiting. They're putting pictures up from those visits. I mean, nowadays, you can. it used to be you would, a kid would go on an official visit, and you would have to wait Sunday evening, Sunday afternoon, maybe even till Monday to hear how their visit went. Now they're live tweeting their entire visit. They're talking about the place they're eating on Friday night, the things that they're doing at the stadium on Saturday, where they're at dinner at Saturday night, where they're hanging out late Saturday night, and then from the airport on Sunday. So now they're able to kind of broadcast the, the process. So now we've had to really focus more on the analysis of the, of the recruit. How do they fit in from a football standpoint? Because the news that people wanted from us early on, the recruiting news, these kids are now giving that recruiting news themselves and they're taking the middleman out. So it's really been an evolution with social media kind of giving them more control of what they want out and how they want it out. Social media, changing media. I guess that's the best way to sum it up. Uh, Scout.com's Brandon Huffman on the line uh, talking about National Signing Day. And let's dive right into it from uh, from yesterday. Uh, in, in your mind, the big winners out there and maybe the guys that thought they were going to be big winners and a little disappointment, uh, how would you break it down for us? Well, I know there's going to come a surprise with many, but Nick Saban was able to get a few decent players to commit to the Tide. And it, this is just what the difference is between Alabama and everybody else. Jerez Parks, who's a top 100 player nationally, was willing to take a gray shirt at Alabama because they just didn't have any room. So he didn't even sign yesterday. He released a Bleach Report video committing to Alabama, but he never signed a letter because Alabama just didn't have space for him. So he's willing to delay his enrollment. He'd be the crown jewel in about 40 to 50 classes, but he decided, yeah, I'll delay my enrollment because uh, there's no spot for me, but I really want to go play at Alabama. So that was the kind of day Alabama had. They have the number one class in the country. Uh, Georgia finished with the number two class. Michigan and Ohio State, three and four. Nobody had a better day, though, than USC. The way they closed yesterday, they went from about 17, 18, all the way to number five. They finished with six for six in the top 300 yesterday, including three players in the top 35 that all committed to the Trojans. Uh, Three five-stars yesterday two kids from Los Angeles in their backyard. They went down to Texas. They went into Austin, Texas, in fact, to get Levi Jones. So USC closed with an absolute flurry. And in terms of schools that I think were a little disappointed, you know, Clemson's still coming off the glow of winning a national championship. I wouldn't say they're disappointed. They just didn't have a big class. And so the defending national champs or the present national champs come in at number 26. But if you look in the top 50, other than Stanford, no other school had less than 15 recruits, 15 commits in their class, and Clemson is sitting there at 26, so they have a very high-quality class uh, with only 14 commits. Talking with Brandon Huffman tonight, uh, National Director of Recruiting for uh, Scout.com. Uh, Brandon, you mentioned it there at the beginning of that answer, which is not a lot of surprises yesterday. Uh, I would say, at least in recent memory, it was kind of just a normal every day. We didn't have any of those big cliffhangers, so to speak. Would you agree with that? No, I would absolutely agree with that. And I, you know, I think there's been a common theme in this year's class that the the excitement, or maybe not the excitement, but the the 
the buzz at signing day isn't what it's been. And that's largely because these kids, like I said, they've been recruited for so long now. And instead of being recruited early in their junior year through their senior year, these kids are getting offered as freshmen and sophomores. So they're going and taking unofficial visits to school as freshmen and sophomore. They're seeing a lot of these schools. They're hearing more from coaches. The text message rule has returned. They're getting direct messages on Twitter. They're talking to these coaches constantly. So by the time they get to their senior year, they're already done with the process. They don't want to go through this any longer. And, and you're also seeing an increase in guys in, uh, committing to school so they can be enrolled early. Mm-hmm. And they're being done with the process. So that way, come January, they're already on a college campus and working out to be ready for spring football. So you, as you're seeing more and more of that, it's taking a lot of the drama out of signing day. And I think it's going to change even more next year with the introduction of the December signing day right now in the middle of the month. I think you'll see even more guys sign in December because they just want to get it done. Even if the one, even if they're not going to graduate early, they'll sign in December to be done. And I think you'll see less drama on the February signing day out, but you might see more excitement building in the lead up to mid December signing day. Oh, well, it's going to just get bigger and bigger. That's the best way to put it, I guess. Brandon Huffman on the line, National Director of Recruiting for uh, Scout.com. Check him out. Follow him on Twitter at uh, Brandon Huffman. That's uh, Huffman with a U, H-U-F-F-M-A-N. Let's uh, advance it to, like you said, you're already working on the next class, uh, number 15 for you, class of 2018. Uh, what, what does that mean? What does day one mean for you? I know you've already looked at these kids, but take us through what the year le- looks like as you start ranking these kids. Yeah, so we'll actually later on this this evening on the second day of February, you know, a good year before these guys will sign, uh, we will release our updated top 30 for 2018, and then we'll expand those rankings again in March after we've got a couple events and, and national showcases to see them. Uh, but it's starting to become camp season already. The first Nike opening regional camp is this weekend in Houston, of all places. So you got the Super Bowl going on, and then you got the Nike opening regional. Uh, so that's how little rest we get. We have signing day on Wednesday, and the first major regional camp of the season is on Sunday. And there'll be about a three-month block, four-month block from February to the end of May of different opening regionals around the country, Under Armour Combines as well, National 7-on-7 tournaments, you have spring football, Middle of April, the evaluation period starts, so six weeks that coaches are on the road checking guys out. Then you got camps during the summer. You've got the opening finals in the middle of July. Then you get the season started, and then it's right back to the craziness of in-home visits, official visits, and the lead-up to the first December signing period. A little bit of a break, but All-American Games, right back to where we started from by <laughs> next January. So it, it's a year-round process. I mean, we're watching some of these guys – for so for so long, but then you just seem so frequently over the course of the years that it, it gets to the point where you're like, okay, I've seen more quarterbacks throwing to receivers. When I go to the opening regionals, all I want to do is watch the linemen because I don't need to see another quarterback throw a deep ball to a receiver with no pass rush. Yeah, I, I cannot doubt that you get a little uh, head swamp there, or whatever you want to call that, brain yeah. brain brain drain. <laughs> Yeah. And, and what, t- talk a little bit about these these kids that you're talking to. And I see this all the time, you know, doing the radio show and that, um, you know, I, I'm not going to try to sound like I'm too old at 56. But, you know, I, I don't know if when I was a senior in high school, I would be would have been as eloquent as some of these kids are. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what you see out of these student athletes. I mean, they're, to me, they just seem more mature. We talked about the social media aspect. But I mean, when you sit down with these kids these days, they're, they're ready to go. I mean, they, they got the speak down, the lingo down and all that. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you see that growth in, in, in the student-athlete as far as being in front of the media. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's remarkable how well-spoken these kids are, but they also, they, they know. They, they know this game. They know how the game is played, and that's partly because of the social media aspect of it. But, I mean, I had a kid legitimately tell me one time that he included a school in his top five largely because he knew he'd get more Twitter followers if he kept engaging that school. So when he would release his top five, he would release one with this school that he never had any intention of going to. But he knew if he did, they would have the largest social media following. Their fans are like, hey, we all need to follow this guy because he really likes our school. So all of this blank nation needs to follow him. And he increased his Twitter following by like 1,500. The problem was is it backfired when he decommitted for our sorry, when he eliminated that school from his top five. And that's the Nancy side. These kids want the Twitter following, so they're adept, they're smart, they're crafty, but they aren't prepared for the for the fallout if they kick a fan base off. So they kind of know how to work the system, they kinda know how to say what, what needs to be said. And so that's why you know, we have to use other sources, other contacts, talking to coaches, talking to uh, high school coaches, seven on seven coaches, trainers to get a little bit more of the insight because a kid will tell a lot of people what they want to hear because they want that social media following and they're very smart, but you're not really getting a lot of substance from them. So you're kind of having to go to the next route to find out what's really going on with this kid's recruitment. So not all kids are like that. It's, it's really unfair to paint them all with that brush. Right. But you're seeing more and more of that over the last couple of years thanks to Twitter. That's an interesting story. Brandon Huffman on the line from Scout. Uh, do, you, do you have, in, in doing this for 15 years, do you have a favorite all-time recruiting story that you could share, a, a good one? Man, I mean, cause the ones that are legal are, are never as good as the ones that aren't legal. Uh, you know, I mean, you always hear some stories that there's a variation. I think probably my favorite one, um, and I'll, I'll leave the, the name of the coach out in the school, but there was a, a coach who was coaching at a Pac-12 school, and he was coaching at the rival school of where he actually had graduated from. And so he was recruiting a kid. This guy, the kid that he's recruiting is still in the NFL, ended up being an All-American. But he was recruiting this kid, and this kid's high school coach was a former teammate of his and also played at the same school. Well, this guy comes in. He's doing the in-home visit with him, and he spends three or four hours basically just ripping his alma mater and how worthless the degree from that <laughs> school is compared to their school. And his coach is sitting up on the couch this whole time, and he reminds him, you know, is that the degree that you have hanging in your wall? Isn't that the school that you went to? So basically you're saying that you're ill-prepared for the job because you got a degree from them. And the other coach just left fuming because his former teammate completely turned the tables around on him and it absolutely backfired. And then he was going to do another in-home visit at another recruit committed to the same school. So this same kid or the same kid's coach got on the line and called him and said, this is everything he's going to say. Be prepared. That coach gets to the door. The kid's mom says, you know what? We heard everything you had to say. You made our decision even easier. We're not needing the in-home visit. Thank you for looking at my son. You're gone. And that was it. And the coach ended up losing two kids that he thought he was going to get, <laughs> all because he badmouthed his own alma mater. <laughs> that's a and great that's a story. <laughs> I love it. I'll have to ask you off the air who that was. That's a good story. I love it. We're talking oh, with yeah. Brandon Huffman tonight from Scout, uh, just uh, breaking down the National Signing Day yesterday and uh, looking ahead a little bit there we did to, to, to what takes place here for the class of 2018. I, I appreciate you coming on. Before I let you go, though, um, uh, people that follow you, you have a – 
you have a ton of followers out there. I have twenty eight thousand plus, I know. And uh, you know, last year your your family was hit. Uh, your young young daughter um, uh, died of cancer. I know you lost her. Uh, her her name Avery, and uh, you got a lot of kind of uh, attention from not only the the people in the business but from around uh, around the nation. First off, how are you doing? And I, I'd like to give you a little uh, ability here to talk about Avery and and what the uh, organization you put together in honor of her is all about. Well, I appreciate you uh, asking and giving me that opportunity. Yeah, you know, we're doing okay. We're we're coming up in two weeks from today. Uh, we will hit the one year mark since she uh, she left us here. Um, but just an incredible little girl when she was six years old, completely healthy, completely normal. Out of the blue in the summer of 2015, uh, she was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. Uh, and given a nine to 12 month uh, expected lifespan, she lasted seven and a half months, fought that thing as, as viciously as she possibly could. But uh, there's never been anybody that's beaten this. And she fought it and fought it as, as hard as she could, but her little body just couldn't handle it. Uh, so February 16th last year, uh, she passed away. Um, about three months after that, uh, my wife Amanda and I began and, and created establishing the Avery Huffman Defeat DIPG Foundation. And DIPG was the form of brain cancer that she was diagnosed with. Um, then it's one of the most underfunded cancer treatments in the world. It, pediatric cancers as it is are, are substantially underfunded, uh, largely because people don't want to take a gamble on trying to treat kids, which we think is not right. So we established this foundation, and in our first year, we raised six figures all to go to the, uh, can't brain cancer research for her specific DIPG. Um, we are on the national board with uh, several other foundations that lost their child to this same disease, and we're a part of a collaborative that's funding research specifically for uh, herd cancer and trying to hope that one day if a parent ever is told what we were told, they at least get told there is something we can do about it. So that's why we established the uh, Avery Huffman Defeat the IPG Foundation to honor her legacy, but also to raise awareness and to help fund research uh, for the cause long term. So what is the uh, website if people want to go to it and, and donate? Yeah, so if people would like to go to the website, the, it is AveryStrongDIPG.org. Um, the Twitter, Facebook, it, it's all the extensions at AveryStrongDIPG. If you go to my Twitter, at Brandon Huffman, uh, in my bio, I've got a link to the Twitter that is for the Avery Strong DIPG Foundation on there, and it's got a direct link to the website, and you can donate, you can you know raise awareness, just spread awareness. There's gear you can buy just to spread the word, but uh, anything in everything helps to really spread the word on this monster so that we can put a stop to it once and for all. Well, Brandon, thank you very much for joining us and, you know, prayers to your family. I, I, as you were telling the story, I started getting chills because I remember some of the things you were writing that were very powerful and meaningful. So, you know, prayers to your family and and thank you very much for coming on and and talking about uh, a great day yesterday for a lot of kids around the country. Appreciate it and have a good uh, 2018 (laughs) class up. I appreciate it. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well and uh, looking forward to doing it again sometime soon. Absolutely. Look forward to having you back on the show. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with the uh, 2016 High School Football America NHSCA, which stands for the National High School Coaches Association. Coach of the Year, Bruce Rollinson, the legendary coach at Modern Day High School in Southern California. That and more when we come back. You're listening to High School Football America.
Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's game film breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can 
can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K.com forward slash football. Jeff Fisher back on High School Football America. Thanks for joining us here, uh, beginning of February. And again, congrats to everybody that signed their national letter of intent yesterday. And uh, next stop here on the show is uh, a chat with our 2016 National High School Football Coach of the Year. Uh, we do the award, the award in conjunction with the National High School Coaches Association, also known as the NHSCA. I chair the uh, nominating committee for uh, the Coaches of the Year awards, which are given out in 20 boys and girls sports. And uh, very proud this year to uh, present the name of Bruce Rollinson to the committee. And Bruce Rollinson from Modern Day is the 2016 NHSCA High School Football America National Coach of the Year. Uh, a lot goes into this. Uh, not only what happened last year uh, on the field, but also the body of work. And uh, what a body of work for uh, head coach Bruce Rollinson, who's been doing it a long time. He began as a student in Santa Ana at Modern Day, and uh, now he is the head coach, uh, coming up on uh, three decades as the head coach. Lots of wins, not that many losses, but uh, very proud to have him as a friend and very uh, proud to have nominated him for the award this year. And uh, Bruce is on the line now to talk about the honor and uh, maybe a little stroll down memory lane. And we'll also take a look ahead to what should be a pretty good 2017 with 10 of 11 offensive starters coming back. First off, Bruce, congratulations on the uh, award. And second, welcome to the show. Well, you know, Jeff, I I appreciate the honor. Um, You know, and and I thank you personally, uh, you know, for for nominating me. Um, You know, I'm not about awards, but. You know, the recognition is, is fortunately, it says Bruce Rollinson, head coach, modern day high school, because that's what's important to me, uh, this, this great high school where I've pretty much spent my entire life being a, an alumnus of the high school and then coming back shortly after I graduated from USC and now in my 41st year here as a combination of everything in my 29th season, but I am honored. I mean, it's, it's a national recognition and, and I like the fact that other coaches have been recognized and, and those coaches have recognized me that that's important. Um, you know, we don't do it for recognition, but once in a while, a little pat on the back doesn't, doesn't hurt. So thank you very, very much. I'm honored. You're very welcome. And uh, like I said, it's been a pleasure since moving to L.A. here four years ago to get to know you and your style. And, uh, you know, normally we're talking about the games and the kids, and we'll, we'll talk a little 2017 at the end. But I want to kind of first start uh, with kind of letting the listeners know, you know, who you are as a coach, where it all starts, who you are as a man, because I know all of those things are important as you educate the young student-athletes today. Uh, let's turn back the clock on you. Uh, 
do you have one or two coaches out there that uh, made an impression on you maybe as that young athlete that you were uh, at modern day or maybe even before that at your youth level and 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 if you do have a couple of those people uh, what in them resides in you today as a head coach coach as one of the top programs in the country well you know you <clears throat> doing all the interviews that I've done, I've always pointed to two mentors, two coaches that I had the privilege to uh, play under. Uh, You know, my high school football coach is the legendary coach, Dick Corey, who actually, you know, started the, the, the traditions here at Modern Day, you know, with within his short tenure of taking over, I think it's 1958 or 59, you know, they were winning championships by 1960, Uh, a pretty good quarterback named John Hewitt Mm -hmm. led them to the first, uh, excuse me, the second championship, I believe it is, and, and, you know, I I came in 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 64 as a freshman, and, excuse me, 63 as a freshman, and I was fortunate enough to play three years of varsity football as a, as a youngster. And, and Coach Dick Corey uh, was, had a tremendous impact on me. Um, you know, he goes on to start the Cal State Fullerton program, uh, had, a, had a stint at USC. Sometimes they call him Mr. Second Best because twice he came in second for the Notre Dame job and (laughs) concluded his career in the NFL. Uh, But this is a powerful man who he knew how to work with kids. And and I was one of the benefactors of his gentle yet firm mannerisms, his discipline, his accountability, um, that that helped mold me. You know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I was a uh, a choir angel. You know, there was there was a part of me that I loved the game of football, but I loved to have fun. But he was able to center me, focus me, and he was able to uh, instill in me the importance of academics to where when I was ready to get out of high school, I was qualified and good to go to USC. And the other thing about Coach was he was an innovator on offense. I mean, believe it or not, Jeff, we're, we're talking 65, 66 high school football, and we're running single back formations. We're running trips, um, combination routes, using three wide receivers. Uh, nobody else. Innovative. That, that we that was even coming close to that. Mm-hmm. We used to laugh because teams would call timeout. They didn't even know how to line up to it. <laughs> um, and and we had great success, uh, great memories, great friendships developed. And, and, you know, when I got the job in 1989, he was the first person I called. And, and he gave me good advice. He said, Bruce, he goes, get your defense solid. Because he goes, I, I truly believe one of the cornerstones of modern-day football is great defense. He said, try to hire good people to take the pressure off of you so you can be a, a high-quality head coach. And then the thing that stuck in my mind is he said, go back, 
it's it's in your blood the traditions the the traditions of the high school some of those had fallen by the wayside which you know individuals that took over the program after coach was done tried to tweak it tried to you know whatever put their mark on it mm-hmm. which i don't begrudge for i went back to everything that i was taught the same look the three stripes on the helmets the the red and white uniforms and and some of the traditions and, and ceremonies are a major part of my program today, and, and I thank him for that. The other coach that I had the privilege to work for, uh, play for was John McKay. Now, Coach McKay was, was different. What I learned from Coach McKay was the business side of football, watching him um, Coach McKay was comfortable on the football field. He was tough. Uh, he had great players. We had great players back in the day at USC. But he also, I was always fascinated to hear him speak publicly and, and how he was able to get the message of the University of Southern California across to whether it was a high school recruit or a group of businessmen. And, and, and it, it had an impact on me. Um, I tried to use myself as an advocate for Modern Day High School, the brand of Modern Day High School I promote constantly. And obviously now, I, you know, my full-time job uh, is, is in the area of fundraising with Mr. Patrick Murphy, and, and I'm selling that brand. And I'm fortunate. I'm selling what I believe in. I'm mm-hmm. selling what I love in. But a lot of that influence came from John McKay. And the other thing, when you talk football-wise, I was always fascinated. Coach McKay was always ahead of where we were at in the game. Um, I played some, and and I would hear him say, okay, when we score here, we want to do this. And those pearls of wisdom have helped me as a head football coach. So, yeah, I definitely uh, thank those two men for their their mentoring and their guidance. Talking with Bruce Rollinson tonight on High School Football America, the 2016 National High School Coach Coaches Association Football Coach of the Year in America. I'm going to give a couple of quick stats here before the next question. Uh, coach Rollinson's record at uh, Modern Day there, 272. Only 33 losses. He probably remembers each and every one of them and two ties. Uh, 11 Southern Section title games, uh, five championships overall. USA Today's National Champion of the Year twice in the 90s. And we're just talking about uh, what uh, makes him a tick as a coach here. Uh, some 40-plus years later at uh, modern day, as you said. Uh, coach, the, the, the term role model is thrown around so many times uh, these days. And in and, and, and high school football these days, in a lot of cases, unfortunately, uh, coaches are not only role models, but in some cases, father figures because of the broken families out there. Tell me what your definition in your mind is when you hear, you know, Coach Rollinson uh, is a role model or he's a father figure. Uh, what, what should that be? What are coaches out there listening to this show tonight? You know, what should they strive to be when it comes to those two very key terms? Well, I, 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 I like the way you phrase that because any coach that gets into this great game, they have to understand that the values that are taught um, in football are the values that you're going to carry through life, whether you're raising a family, 
working in a business, running a business. I mean, there's so much parallel from the game of football to life. And the quicker you can understand that and teach that and promote that, I think the more success you're going to have. The second thing that younger coaches and, and coaches that stay in the game is what you also mentioned. The influence that we have is tremendously powerful. And it doesn't matter whether it's a high-powered program like modern day or your whatever you know you want to say, a lesser division, it doesn't matter. These kids are looking at you. These kids, they value what you say. They value your positive input. I mean, you can literally destroy a kid in one or two sentences, and you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. And you can also make his day, make his week, make his month by some positive comments, especially head coaches. And, and did I get that right when I took over? No. But very quickly, I knew because, as I mentioned earlier, I hung on every word that Dick Corey talked about. I hung on every word that John McKay talked about. And I sort of started to understand it when you're the leader, when the buck stops here. And when I look at that, I go, okay, I must accept this responsibility. Um, We're a Catholic school. So I have to, to the best of my abilities, share my Catholic values. Not, you know, I'm not going to be out having any kind of religious, you know, interventions, but we have a model that we follow as Catholic men. I must, you know, I must adhere to that model within my personality. Um, And I think that's important. Uh, These these young men, like you mentioned, you're going to get them from affluent parents. You're going to get them from single parent homes. They're looking at you and, and, it, it sometimes it's a daunting task. You know, I, I, I preach to my kids, I will always be here for you. When you graduate from modern day football, you graduate with the stripes moving from your helmet to your heart. And if I'm going to tell them I will always be there for them, I, I have to back that up. Yes, there's all the positives, Jeff, where kids call me and and this is the you know the rewards that I get now. I still hate losing, I despise losing and I love victory. But I'm not going to have victory at all cost and we're going to learn from our losses. But the affirmation now that the rewards I get are when kids call you 10 years later and say, "Coach, I applied what you taught me and I just got a major job promotion or they have a baby a son, and they say, or a daughter, mm-hmm. and they say, Coach, I'm going to try to raise my son or daughter with the values that you taught me. Now I'm fired up. Now I'm going, all right, he drank the Kool-Aid, he gets it. <laughs> but the other part of it is when they call you with adversity, you know, yes, I've, I've done interventions. Yes, I've gone to jail and bailed kids out because they they – to me, it's my responsibility. I told them I'd always be here. I can't pay lip service to that. Um, have I saved them all? Absolutely not. But I've given it my best effort. So 
you know, that that's kind of where I see the role of any coach. You know, I, I'm not going to pontificate about, you know, all of the other uh, things that, that are involved. And, and, you know, that that is up to the individual coach. But when I hire a young coach, I say, Coach, you put that coaching shirt on, you're a different man. You are the adult. They are the child. I know they don't look like children. Tommy Brown at 6'8", <laughs> 317 pounds, does not look like a child. But he's 17 years old, and he's in those formative years that I have to help and, and young coaches have to develop. So, I mean, yeah, I get fired up when I talk about this stuff because it's important to me. You know, if I can leave any legacy, I want to have a legacy that says he was always there for us. He taught us values. He taught us ethics. You know, I'm big on work. I'm big on accountability because I think to be successful, you have to be able to deal with adversity and deal with success in stride. I think that you have to understand that there are setbacks in life and you can deal with them. Always saying, okay, you know, say a prayer at night, say a prayer in the morning, and, and then go about your business, but do it full speed, but do it the right way. Mm, some great nuggets in there. Bruce Rollinson, the 2016 NHSCA National Football Coach of the Year. It's a body of work, although this year another special one, and he's got some great kids coming back that we're going to talk about uh, in a few seconds, modern day in Santa Ana here in Southern California. I, I think when we talk back in October, Coach, you may have touched on this, and, and maybe that's the next question here. You said that you know after two, the 2011 season, you, you had to reinvent yourself. You had to kind of take some stock and what you were doing and how you were doing it, uh, and, and you made some changes that you think are, are the reason you know you, you you've turned things around and are having great years right now. What were the things that you looked at and had to change? Because again, it's the, the the football game right now is a young man's game, right? How many guys are we seeing nowadays that are becoming head coaches at you know twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven years old? Uh, you know, you got to keep up with the young kids. What did you do when you made that reevaluation? <laughs> what did you find out about yourself other than uh, boy, Bruce? Uh, you've had a long career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're getting older. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jeff, the first thing that I had to come to grips with, I actually, there were, there were a multitude of things, but the first thing that, that I really had to say is, okay, Bruce, stop this dinosaur attitude about technology. You know, looking at people saying, oh, I don't even have email. I don't even know how to, you know, I'm still using a flip phone. <laughs> I had to, I had to, as fast as I could, get current in all of the aspects of technology, social media. Um, no, I don't have Facebook, but my wife does, and my, my two daughters do, Caroline and Catherine. And I had to learn the power of what these kids were doing on Facebook, now on, on Twitter and Snapchat. And, and, and I had to educate myself, and I also... By educating myself, I realized those are powerful tools for me to advocate this great high school. Um, that was one of the things. Um, coinciding with that, I had to come to grips with something that I probably hung on too long and fight, fought too long. I used to say that kids were not different. 
And I used to say the parents were different now. Mm-hmm. I still believe the parents are different, but I've come to grips in the last four to five years that kids are different. They have more outside, whether you want to call them distractions or things that occupy their time, whether it's concerts, whether it's their, 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 their social presence in technology, but they're different. What I realize now is kids, they want to play the great sport of football, but they want to be affirmed, and they also, they, they want to have some fun in it. Now, there's a fine line here, Jeff, and I, you, know, you and I could go have a cup of coffee and talk about this for hours. I don't want you to think we run a happiness camp around here, but there has to be breaks in the action. There mm-hmm. has to be interaction between myself, all my assistants, and the players. You have to get to know them And when they deserve to be affirmed, when they deserve compliments, you have to share that. They have to know that you're there and you notice them. Okay, going in the 90s, yeah, we put a lot of focus on the starters and the primetime guys. And, you know, you'd say the rest of them, well, they've got to wait their time. The way it is now with social media, they're not going to wait their time. They're going to transfer. They're going to go somewhere else where they'll be affirmed, where they can get more um, exposure and maybe more fun. Hmm. Um, and again, you know, we don't run around and have have you know pie eating contests. <laughs> but but there there's a there's a way of doing it and you know what that way is going out and getting to know your kids and 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 that number 90 kid or that number 80 on your roster you and I know there's something he did good that day mm-hmm. maybe it was he was on time but he probably ran a sprint or two or all of his sprints hard you got to look for those things cuz sooner or later you're going to count on that kid. And and I've been studying this more and more. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's coming out of the youth ranks. You and I know, again, it's, it's controversial. But these kids are already ranked as, you know, I had a dad come up to me the other night. And fortunately, I kept my cool. But he <laughs> said, do you understand my son is the number one ranked quarterback 12 and under. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, I said, okie dokie, 12 and under. I don't even know if I'll still be the head coach when he's a freshman. <laughs> but I had, to, I had to take a deep breath and say, well, that's fantastic. And, and what I do is I flip and say, well, how are, how's his grades? Mm-hmm. How's his study habits? Because that's just as important as his crazy ranking in some magazine that you and I have never heard of. But the parents are hanging their hat on that. We have kids that, you know, and it permeates in Southern California. It's not just a modern-day high school. They announce what high school they're going to now. Oh, yeah. And they get into the And I'm going, whoa. Well, five years ago, I was just bad-mouthing that. Mm-hmm. Now I accept it. It's part of the culture. 
So let's hope they're announcing they're coming to modern day. <laughs> and then I've got to, I got to mold them and get them to drink the Kool-Aid the way I want the Kool-Aid drank. Oh. You know, it, and it, it, it's a process. But what I really believe is, okay, they've been affirmed. Now you've got to be more realistic. You've got to hold them more accountable. But yet you have to appreciate the sacrifice they're making. Does that make sense to you? It absolutely does. Uh, and and yeah. I had to bite my tongue there as you were going through the old rating service there because you and I could have spent all – well, it's only an hour show. We could have done eight hours <laughs> on it. That's for sure. We're, exactly. <laughs> we're talking with Bruce Rollinson tonight. 2016 National High School Coaches Association National Football Coach of the Year. I'm just proud to have him as that. A couple more before we let you go here, Coach. Um, we all know football's a team sport and I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring in this next person that's part of your team her name is Lori your wife tell me a little about, bit about the importance of having a good solid rock behind you making sure that you're able to win 272 games and championships and national championships tell us a little bit about your relationship and how important she is in your life you know what Jeff it it it, it early on in my career again, and I tell coaches this all the time, whatever you do, if you get an award, you better start out and you better thank your wife. (laughs) And you better, because if you don't have a football wife, I don't know how you stay in this crazy business. And I've got a great, great football wife. She's an unbelievable mother. She's an outstanding advanced placement history teacher here at Modern Day. And, and, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me. There's the people that should be getting the accolades. There, yeah, there might be some national teacher of the year, but they're not as plentiful as awards like you're presenting me today. And we are, you know, we get our, our kudos every Saturday, sometimes bad write-ups if you lose. But those teachers that are grinding like my wife, Lori, day in and day out. And then I watch her as a mother to my two daughters. And, and we're, now, we're now grandparents to Matthew, our, our one-and-a-half-year-old. Um, you know, I mean, my wife, literally, we shake hands. We give each other a hug and a kiss on August 1st or August 2nd. And pretty much she says, all right, I'll see you sometime in December. Make sure you come home with a championship, and I'll hold the fort down. And when I say hold the fort down, I'm telling you, I, you know, I don't see the bills. I, I, none of that stuff. I, all I do is I have a rule. Thursday practice, I want to get out of here early. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get us a, our little Italian restaurant. Her and I have some quality time Thursdays. And then Saturday night is usually dinner for her and I where we can catch up on the kids. And, and But I do try to block out time to talk about what her needs are and, and, and about academics. But I love her to death, and, and you know, I'm lucky. I'm yeah. lucky. And, and, you know, that's why you're a class act, Jeff, to bring that up and give me the opportunity to share with the audience because I'm only as good as, as the family that's around me. And the other group of men that I tell every – you better thank your assistant coaches. Oh, yeah. I've been, I've been blessed with great assistant coaches. Some of them, my offensive coordinator, Dave Money, 
we've been together since 1989. And, and my defensive coordinator, Eric Johnson, you know, there was a stint of six years in the in the 29 where where he, you know, tried to tested the waters of head coaching and, and some community college coaching. But he's back with me. And I've had a myriad of, of, of other coaches. John Hopkins has been with me from day one. Those guys make your life a lot easier. And then, obviously, administrative support. You've got to have a great principal, Francis Clare. You've got to have a great president, Patrick Murphy, in my case, who support what you believe in and what you're trying to accomplish. But, um, you know, it's there are a lot of people behind the scenes, great boosters, Leo Bose, that have stayed with me for 20-plus years Um you know, you don't become the national coach of the year without a, a surrounding cast of characters that are there that that are always, you know, pulling the rope in the same direction. No, and you make my life easier too, Bruce, because uh, you took a couple of questions there. I was going to ask you about the assistant, so we can fast forward and get ready to wrap things up here. Bruce Rollinson from Modern Day in Southern California, National Coach of the Year for the NHSCA on the line. And I, I joked earlier when I gave your, your record, 33 losses. I'm going to ask you a serious question. How many of those do you actually remember, and are they still sticking in your craw? <laughs> My championships? No, no, the, or the, the, the 33 <laughs> losses. How many of those do you? No, no not the championship losses. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, okay? <laughs> that is a long time ago, and I, and I actually think it was Coach McKay. You know, he said, hey, for you players that are planning on being coaches, you know, enjoy the victories because you'll never forget the losses. At the time, I go, you know, yeah, he's right, because I we didn't lose a lot of football games when I was at SC. You know, I lost two high school football games in my entire career, and I can tell you every play in every one of them. That's the sad part about this crazy business. Um, you know, it... it, it when when we we got in a really great battle, we we beat St. John Bosco the first time around in October, and I didn't want to have a rematch because beating somebody twice. But here's your best example, you know they beat us in the championship game, you know it's the day after Christmas, and you know I, I told my wife I said yeah I'm going to run into the office for a couple hours and and. You know, I came home about seven hours later, and I said, well, I, I got it tied up. She goes, I know what you were doing. You were trying to figure out what went wrong in the championship game. <laughs> she goes, please let it go. You can't let it go. You can't let losses go. You got to learn from those losses. But that's the sad part about it. But that's also, I believe, what motivates me, what drives me, um, is trying to avoid those situations. And I think we can get back there next year. We got a great group of kids and hopefully uh, not another runner-up trophy. I got enough of those here recently. <laughs> well, like I said, you're pretty good at this broadcasting thing. You're obviously a great interview E. So uh, that takes us right into the question. You've got uh, uh, super sophomore junior to be JT Daniels, 100 touchdowns touchdown passes already I don't know how many records he's going to shatter other than probably all of them and you've got a lot of big kids coming back um, how excited are you and how good can you be to, to, to like you said exchange that uh, loss in the last game to a victory and maybe a state championship in 2017 well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, let's face it. I got 10 of 11 offensive starters back with the quarterback that was the state player of the year. Um, you know, Osiris, St. Brown going to Stanford. 
is the only kid that that won't be on the field that people and I got you know a super soft Brew McCoy waiting in the wings um, to take his place I got to rebuild the defense Jeff and and I like that challenge and and so does Eric my defensive coordinator Um, you know we're going to look at it as a positive because we feel we have young talent waiting in the wings to to you know put the put the pieces to the puzzle together Um, I, I think you're you're as a staff and as players, um, as the head coach, you're more motivated when you do come up short. And, and you know, there, there is a wealth of talent, and, and it's, it's, it's all attitude and it's all work ethic. Um, you know, it, it, it's what I'm presenting to the kids right now is, is you know, there's unfinished business. we got to go finish this thing. And, and, you know, will you do what it takes? Um, there, there's a great... Um, model that's been presented to them over the last well, the, the entire tradition of modern day football but they know what it takes from their senior brothers that just graduated and, and they've got to take it to the next level but when you have those kind of experienced players they know where they might have come up short whether it's in training or nutrition um, and they also know that I know what weaknesses I have to work on. So, you know, put all that together and, and, you know, as I said earlier in the interview, let's have some fun, you know, and let's go do this thing again. Uh, The taste is still fresh in their mouth. Uh, The run that we had, um, I'm going to make it more difficult. I've I've got Bishop Gorman in, in week one. Uh, a major test for this program. Uh, week three, we're going to tie into Bergen Catholic out of New Jersey, another major test. But I think we need that. I think we can handle that to get ready for the Trinity League. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm generating a lot of excitement throughout the community. And, and you know, with, with when you have your offensive line with, with Brown and Murray and, and Gonzalez and Colin check back, you know, it's, it, you're breathing a lot easier. I, the, the young tailback that emerged, uh, the Harper kid is special. And then, like you say, I mean, I, I look like a heck of a football. Maybe that's why I got the honor. Cause I got a quarterback that's <laughs> off the charts. I mean, he is, you know what? He, let me give you a best, the best example, Jeff. If Go we ahead. have time, you sure do. We started our youth camps, which are totally legal in Cal- in anywhere. Okay, we have a quarterback camp, we have a strength camp, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. It's six o'clock last Tuesday, a week ago tonight, and I'm wheeling and dealing young kids, and they're nervous, and I'm talking to their parents about registrations. Zaba, zaba, zaba. Six o'clock. It's you know. For Southern California, it was kind of a chilly evening. You're going to New York. You'll find out what cold is. But <laughs> I look over, and there's JT Daniels in his cleats. He's got his sweats on. And I go, JT, what are you doing? And he goes, Coach, he goes, I truly believe that these youth camps that I attended here at Modern Day, because we had them since he was a sixth grader, he goes, those helped my career so much. He goes, I want to give back. I'm going to work wow. these camps for you. I'm going to be out there. I want to talk to these young players about the importance of classroom study. And I thought to myself, well, I think I've seen it all now. I mean, here Mm -hmm. we are on a 
January 19th or whatever the date was, and this kid, and we, we lifted in the morning. He could have been home by 3.30 in the afternoon, but here he was. You know, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm most proud of. Yeah, I mean, he's, he can throw it. He can do everything you want him to do, but he's also a 4.3 GPA, and he's just a high-quality kid. You get kids like that, you know, you look like a pretty good football coach. Yeah, and and you know, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, as I told you, the one of our interviews or one of our chats on the sideline, I've I've seen over eleven hundred games in person. I, I don't know over forty years how many kids I've interviewed or had the pleasure of covering and giving some publicity to. Uh, there there is that one percent or even less than one percent, and JT fits into that. As far as a young man, when you talk to him, you get the picture. He is the true student athlete, and just proud that I've gotten to see him play out here and have two more years. Coming Coach, I'm also proud yeah. to say I'm, I'm so proud to say that I've gotten to know you because we, uh, one of the things that I love about what I've done since uh, I was 14 years old was I got to meet a lot of great coaches. But my favorites are the guys, unfortunately, to say this, the old guys that have been doing it for decades, and you're one of them, and you teach me something every time I have a chance to interview you. So thank you for taking the time. Congratulations on the award, and I look forward to uh, seeing you in 2017. Jeff, thank you, and, and I, I'm excited. You know, to, you know, it, it, it's it really, you know, I, I've said this to you, and I'm going to say it publicly in front of the audience. It's a breath of fresh air when you get a professional reporter who cares about the kids and who wants to do the right thing, say the right thing, get them the right exposure with professionalism and, and class, and that's who you are, and, and it's an honor for me. And I also, again, thank you very, very much for nominating me, Jeff. This honor means a lot to me. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you for the kind words, Bruce. I, I, I just have had so much fun on this call, and I look forward to a great year. So thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. All right, I'll see you down the road. Go Monarchs. There you go. Taking a break, coming back with more. You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. 
Field Turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K.com forward slash football. Jeff Fisher back with you from New York City. You may actually hear some sirens in the background <laughs> as the sounds of New York City uh, waft through maybe the microphone here of High School Football America. I want to thank all of our partners. You just heard from them uh, that uh, make the show possible each and every week. We want to thank uh, Brandon Huffman from Scout, scout.com, uh, talking about National Signing Day. And uh, I want to thank Bruce Rollinson, the head coach at Modern Day, for joining us on the show. Bruce, the 2016 High School Football America NHSCA National Coach of the year, uh, 18th year that uh, the NHSCA has presented the award, and we're proud at High School Football America to be a part of that award. When we're away, make sure you keep up with us uh, by following us on Twitter at HSFB America. And uh, didn't talk about this at the beginning, but the coach's job board has over 300 openings currently up and active. Real easy to use. Search by uh, position, uh, search by uh, state, keywords, whatever you want to do. 
300 for you right there. It's all free too, by the way. So if you're a coach out there and you have an opening and you're a principal, maybe a superintendent, feel free to email us the details and we will post it for you. All you have to do is email us at jobposting at highschoolfootballamerica.com. All right, that's going to do it for the show. If you missed any of the program tonight, it will be in our archives at highschoolfootballamerica.com. Just click on audio and you'll see all of our past shows there. It's a real who's who of high school football. We've been doing High School Football America uh, for six years, uh, dating way back to July of 2011. And we appreciate all of you that uh, take time out of your uh, busy schedules to tune in every week and uh, appreciate all the feedback you always give us about this show. For now, this is Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from New York City. You've been listening to High School Football America.